Denver Broncos head coach Sean Payton is a perfectionist to the point. It makes him unhappy, even if the Broncos win. Could he be finding that perfect trend here this upcoming week against the Kansas City Chiefs? We'll talk about that much more in today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Denver Broncos are gearing up for a rematch this week against the Kansas City Chiefs, and Broncos head coach Sean Payton is still searching for that perfect game. Will the Broncos have a chance to get that this week? Well, welcome into a brand new episode, Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day. Thank you so much once again to everybody in Broncos country, all the everydayers who make us your first listen of the day every single day. Just a reminder, you can get this podcast for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks so much for rocking with us. I'm Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports, joined alongside, as always, by Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantlyorange.com. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. There, my friend, this is a big week here for the Broncos. Obviously, the final game before their bye week and no better match, a bigger or better matchup to kind of go against than the Kansas City Chiefs, as we know, who have had the Broncos number here. But I think so much of this week is going to come under the focus of what is Sean Payton's game plan here? And obviously, gearing up for the rematch, Sean Payton had talked about it with us earlier this week on his conference call what he's looking for specifically in this matchup and maybe how it might differentiate from the preparation he had from that Thursday night football matchup. Here's what he had to say this week to us a little bit earlier on his conference call. I think the prep is a lot different in that in a short week, you know, you're really, you're, you're getting a couple days of walkthrough and then you're traveling and playing. So sometimes you reduce, I would say this, just speaking to my assistant, I'm like, Kevin, if you go back to my video hot folder last week for Kansas city. And so in that hot folder is, you know, four years of study on certain red zone, short yard is good. There's an exhaustive setup cut up that this week will just add the chargers to really. And so from a perspective of gathering the information, it's kind of there already in clumps. Um, but the work week changes and, and it's a little different that way. So I, I think for both teams, you know, you know, obviously when you play the same team within a few weeks, it has to be a division opponent. You're playing twice and then, you know, you, you spend time on that last game, you spend time on the games in between, and then, you know, all the other pieces that go into it. But I think the uniqueness is one was a Thursday game and the other is a Sunday game. So I think that from a time element, there's more to it. Got a little bit more time to prepare, obviously, this time around. A quick turnaround to play the Chiefs on a Thursday night game after you just played on a Sunday the last time. But now, Sean Payton, this is where he can really be advantageous, I think, to the Denver Broncos in a matchup against Kansas City, right? Is now you've got one of the guys in the NFL at the head coach, you know, position or job or whatever you want to call it, who is one of the best game planners in the league. Somebody who can actually out coach. I mean, the Broncos, when's the last time they had, I think maybe Gary Kubiak, Cody, where you really felt like you had such an advantage in terms of the person that's playing chess on the sideline, right? And Sean Payton is one of those guys that, man, he can go toe to toe with Andy Reid. He's not going to get necessarily outsmarted by Andy Reid. They've been in the league, both of them. For a really long time and obviously you know Andy Reid may have a few better chess pieces on his side of the board but that's where a good chess player for and to continue using that analogy you know has got to got to flex their muscles a little bit so 
I like that Sean Payton's going to be obviously really prepared for this game. This opponent is fresh on your minds. And doesn't it kind of just feel not to not to, you know, slight the Chiefs by any means, but it kind of doesn't feel like they take the Broncos seriously, which is a huge negative towards the Broncos. But also for the Chiefs, you kind of feel like they they turn on autopilot when they play Denver. And I hope that Sean Payton can find a way to make them pay for that. Well, you know, one one phrase to be, can the Broncos flip the switch here this week? And look, I, I go back to what Sean Payton said after the Chiefs game the last time they played. He said, I didn't like the game plan coming in. Sean, that's on you. You didn't like the game plan. That's on you. So I'm very curious to see what they decide to do differently. I know we'll dive a little bit deeper into that coming into this episode here today here. But in terms of flipping the switch, Sean Payton also told us about what he wants and kind of, you know, where he's at from the standpoint. What does Denver have to do to essentially flipped the switch in a way that kind of compared to the Detroit Lions last season. That fine line between being good or, or not being good is is important to study. And and one of the things, <clears throat> I think in both those cases, but let's take Detroit, for instance, that flip, that, that change, if you will, really had a lot to do with takeaways and giveaways. And, and I think it's where ours has to start. You know, we were, we were good yesterday with no giveaways. We had the takeaway late in the game. Um, but it has to, because the other stuff you can do really well, and yet if you give it away, um, we can come in and look at the red zone, the third down stat lines. We can look at a lot of things that are positive, but if you give it away, um, it's like the one thing that can trump everything. So hopefully that can have the same type of effect as the pre-snap stuff, you know, when we, when we preach these things relative to what wins and loses. Cody, it's giving the ball away, which happens every time the Broncos play the Chiefs for the last eight years, right? I mean, that seems to be a common theme. Whether And if it's not giving the ball away, well, they're giving up kickoff return touchdowns to Byron Pringle or something else weird like that, right? And it just feels like the, the Broncos find ways to give the game to the Chiefs. I know we'd like to blame the officials for that every once in a while as well because, well, they they kind of have done their part against the, the Chiefs in recent years as well, but Certainly, you don't want to be in a position in any game where you have to blame the officials or where you say, man, if not for this this turnover or this missed kick or this blocked punt or this whatever, you don't want to have to you know, use those qualifiers and say, well, if this, then this. No, play a clean game and see what can happen with that. I mean, that's exactly where I think Sean Payton's kind of frustration that we're talking about is coming from is there's there's this team is so close to I mean even as as poor as the Broncos have played at times this season Cody there are a couple lucky bounces of the ball away from potentially being what I mean at least three and four if not four and three or maybe even five and two so there's a lot going on there that the Broncos have been giving the game away and not necessarily you know playing clean football. Well, and that's why you can't make those mistakes against Kansas City. And, and look, unfortunately, they had some gaffes in the second half. They had to burn two timeouts. And uh, Sean Payton was asked about his relationship with Vance Joseph. But I think more so gave us a deep in inner kind of evaluation into like who he is. He's a perfectionist to the point where even if they win, he's unhappy. Uh, listen, I'm in, I'm in a great spot with him. You have to understand one thing about me, and, and he won't be the only one. I was frustrated. And, you know, you don't want to use those timeouts. And sometimes, sometimes it's hard to, it's hard to be pleased or not upset. You know, you want to play your perfect game and that was a good win for us. And yet I'm driving home last night, you know, heading to get sushi. I don't like sushi and finding myself like circling around the parking lot. Like, all right, why, why can't I be happy? Well, you're searching for that perfect game. And so, um, I'm just that way. I'm, I'm sometimes, 
you know, I'm going to wear my emotions on my sleeve, whether it's defense or offense. Um, and so we got caught with 10. Obviously, the injury to Kareem <clears throat> was one thing, but it also impacts kind of a goal line personnel grouping, and we'll get that cleaned up, but um, all good there. Perfection. I don't Cody, like sushi right? either. I don't know yeah, about I don't, you. I don't, I'm not a big fan. Yeah, I, sushi is not perfection to me, but I do understand your wife. That's your that's your wife's favorite food, right? I, I get that. That's my wife's favorite place here is a sushi joint. And, you know, I just got to muscle through it every once in a while, right? To do, 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 your, do the, what do you say? He's a team player, right? You got to be a team player every once in a while. Run the ball, Sean, then. If you're a team player, run the dang ball. That's what we want to see here with the three-headed Russian attack that Denver has. And, and look, I, I that that's where I can have a lot of respect for Sean Payton because I, I've coached with coaches who are just like that. You know, you can do things well. You could be up 40 points in a game, and then one thing goes bad, and that's going to be the negative thing that gets harped on here. He's a perfectionist, but I hope the lighting the candles and some woo-saw stuff can help Sean Payton going forward because Denver does have some of the tools to help alleviate some of that. We'll see if they capitalize on that. But Broncos country, we're going to dive deep into what the Broncos offense has to do in this matchup that they didn't do well in that first matchup against Kansas City. You're going to get that on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. Today's Locked on Broncos is brought to you by our friends over there at the Game Time app. And if you've ever had a ticket buying experience where you were just flustered, you didn't get the right deal at the right time, Game Time takes all the stress and all the hassle away from enjoying an experience either by yourself with your loved ones, with your kids at sporting events, concerts, music events, and more. Game time is the solution, and you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events that are going on near you and on top of that game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase you get to see the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive well the Denver Broncos are hosting the Kansas City Chiefs this week at Empower Field at Mile High if you want to see what seat and what vantage point you're going to get for all the action for Sunday's AFC West afternoon showdown game time gives you that ability inside the app here today they have all in prices that show your total up front so you know that you're getting a great deal without any hidden fees and you can buy tickets in seconds with just two taps take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use code locked on nfl for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code locked on nfl for 20 dollars off download game time today Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Well, we all want to see if some corrections offensively can maybe turn this thing around for the Denver Broncos against the Kansas City Chiefs. Can they stop the streak at 17 losses, Cody, or 16 losses, excuse me, and maybe, you know, not avoid or avoid, you know, that 17th loss. We want to see that happen. We want to see the offense get back on track against Kansas City. We're going to talk about what they got to do differently this time around as opposed to what we saw a couple of weeks ago. But before we do, as always, Cody and I want to give a huge shout out and say thank you to every single one of you that makes Locked On Broncos your first listen of the day every single day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network where you know it's your team every day and everywhere and anywhere that you can get podcasts as well as free and available on YouTube. So we appreciate you so much for engaging with the show. 
you would take some time, like, subscribe, share the podcast, engage with us in the comment section. If you're on YouTube, we really appreciate that. And we love getting to do this together with you. So Broncos country, or if you're a visiting fan from the chiefs, kind of trying to get some Intel, we appreciate you tuning in and especially you everydayers out there. So Cody, what does the Broncos offense got to do differently? It's a simple question because, man, it was pretty <laughs> obvious what was bad against Kansas City. But what do they got to do differently in your eyes to beat Kansas City offensively this time around? You know, I kind of alluded to it a little bit in that previous segment we just did when we were talking about Sean Payton. But just the fact that the game plan, like, you, know, I'm very curious and I might have to ask him this this week at a presser. I'm very curious, what didn't you like about the game plan the first time you played these guys? But obviously for him, he said, I didn't like it, didn't feel comfortable with it going in. So for me, it's like, Sean, you got to change the game plan. I think that's going to have to be the one thing that we do see change. And look, going back, if, if I'm referencing and trying to remember correctly, maybe I can insinuate what the game plan was here. I, I think that they came out and they ran the football. Obviously, Jaleel McLaughlin got the first carry of the game. He had 21 snaps that game. Javante had 18. Javante is fully healthy right now. So I think you're going to see a healthy dose of these guys. And the run game was working, but Denver came out in a lot of that 12 personnel. And obviously when Dulcich was healthy, they came out in some 13. And then when they came out in 13, when Dulcich went out, thir- the 13th personnel guy, that no- number three tight end option wasn't really a tight end. It was our good friend, Quinn Bailey, an extra offensive lineman, number 75, as reported, as eligible. For me, that made it very one-dimensional here for Denver. I think especially like when we talk about the passing game and the passing offense. So for me, I think you got to keep going with the run game here with Javante, with Jalil, and even getting Samaj P. Ryan involved as well. I thought we saw a healthy balance of those three guys being utilized the correct way in Sunday's win against the Green Bay Packers. Is there a little bit more that they can do with those guys? And I think really for Sean Payton, I'm very curious to see how that kind of differentiates. And, you know, I think maybe another thing as well, you got to understand what situations you're getting put in. Like if the run game's working, Sarah, if you're getting six yards of carry, seven yards of carry, which Denver was averaging against Green Bay, there are times where I think you have to be smart with deciding on whether or not you're going to pass the football and what those concepts look like. And I think to me, Kansas City had a really great game plan, but they will be without Nick Bolton this week at the inside linebacker position. They do have a pretty talented group of players, though, on that defense. And for the most part, a more healthy George Karloftis. So to me, run the football and then open things up in the passing game. Yeah, I can't help but wonder if something that Sean Payton didn't necessarily like about that last game plan was maybe... uh, you know, they I'm sure they planned for everything, Cody, but if he didn't like it, maybe they were trying to shoehorn Greg Dulcich a little bit too much into the game plan. Like maybe that was more of a last minute kind of thing and just kind of derailed what they were initially thinking of doing. And then, well, Dulcich is available. So now we got to figure out a package of plays there. I think that's something that you really got to account for. Right. Obviously, you talked about it. The run game needs to be emphasized. But what we've seen from the offense this whole season with Dulcich being sidelined with the hamstring is very little impact from that tight end position, right? I mean, Adam Troutman simply hasn't been uh, athletically speaking and and things like that. I mean, obviously, he's a more athletic dude than I am. So I'm not trying to sit here and, and cast any stones or anything like that. But shoot, I mean, compared to some of the guys he's going up against, right, we're not seeing enough speed at that position would it, would it be nice the Broncos had a uh, tight end that could run a 449 right about now that, that would be nice you know but I, i'm just saying i'm not saying i'm just saying and i'm not going to continue to die on that hill cody but look i think you need to find a way to get those wide receivers involved because the tight end position hasn't been good enough it hasn't been good enough to create those mismatches so unlike the first time against Kansas City 
your receivers are going to have to start getting open more consistently against these DBs. Don't let Legereus need Trent McDuffie and, and obviously Jalen Watson. You can't have those guys out there dominating in the secondary right off the bat. You know, people want Russell Wilson to throw at the top of his drop. Well, the receivers got to be open as well. And the Kansas City Chiefs simply weren't allowing that in that first matchup. So I think that's something, in my opinion, that's got to be way better this time around. And the protection has to hold up from Mike McGlinchey. And I felt like the offensive line in general, I mean, Sarah, they, I thought they had a really great bounce back game against the Green Bay Packers. We were talking about it going into the game. Guys like Rashawn, Gary, I mean, Quay Walker at linebacker, how aggressive he can be in the blitz. Uh, and even on top of that, you talk about Kenny Clark, like these guys, like that was a good defensive line front here for Green Bay. And, and granted, throughout the game, those some of those guys got banged up. But for me, I thought that the offensive line did a good job responding. How will they do this week against Chris Jones, and obviously you talk about now Frank Clark, you know, was there, didn't was inactive that one game, but more than likely, I imagine he's probably going to play against his former brief team here that he played for the season in the Denver Broncos. And then obviously you talk about George Karloftis, more healthy, not going to be on a pitch count. And, and what I think we need to see a little bit more of too is we saw some of the route concepts. I thought Dan Orlovsky did a great job of discussing some of the things that Kansas City defensively did well in that game on Thursday Night Football. A lot of Denver's route concepts, you you know, if there was a trip to the left side, you'd have a vertical route, you'd have an out route, and then you'd have another out route. You'd have different levels concepts to the outside there. But the way that Kansas City plays it is they'll have cornerbacks that'll play outside leverage safety over the top, and then they're going to play inside leverage on, on one of the outside players. And then there's times where they varied up where they'll also play outside leverage on an inside player just because they know that Denver's route concepts were taking them to the outside. And, and that's just great adjustment there by Steve Spagnolo. And I'm very, very curious to see how Denver does. I think more Sutton and Judy involvement in the offense. This is a perfect time. Once again, get Marvin Mims involved on a play. That's not a wide receiver screen or an end around play, throw it deep, take some shots here. Denver's going to have to do that. If they want to have a chance to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, but more so protection has to hold up. Broncos country, we want to know from you what you think the offense has to do a little bit better of in this matchup coming up against the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday, 2.25 p.m. Mountain Time, Empire Field, a mile high. Make sure you bring your jacket. It's supposed to be a chilly, chilly day afternoon kickoff here, which kind of bums me out at the same time. But Broncos country, we're also going to talk about here on today's episode of the show, what does the Broncos defense have to do better in this next matchup that they didn't do quite well enough in that first one. Well, you're going to get all that on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Today's episode of Lockdown Broncos is brought to you by our friends over there at LinkedIn Jobs. And these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And you can create a free job post today in just minutes, then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread word that you're hiring. They have simple tools like screening questions, which make it easy to focus on candidates who possess just the right skills and experience. So you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. Make sure you close out the year with the right team member with LinkedIn jobs. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs, number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Today's episode of Locked On Broncos is also brought to you by our friends over there at Price Picks. And Price Picks is daily fantasy sports done right. Price Picks is the largest independently owned 
daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're also the most easiest and most exciting way to play DFS because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling against thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more or less on two or six player stat projections, and then you watch the winnings roll in. Prize picks is the most fun that I've had, winning up to 25 times my money this football season. You just select two or more players. You pick more or less on their projected stats, and then you place your entry. And testing my skills on prize picks this football season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. And if you have the skills, you can turn $10 into 250 with just a few taps. And you can submit your entries in less than 60 seconds. It's convenient, it's easy, and more importantly, it's manageable. And on top of that, prize picks now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. So make sure you check it out today and get in on all the action that Prize Picks has to offer you through football season. Not only that, they have other sports that you can play more or less on in terms of player projected stats. And you can get into all that action. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Once again, Go to prizepicks.com slash lockdown NFL and use code lockdown NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. As we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, real quick, want to say thank you so much once again to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. We appreciate you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to us, to watch us. However, you may consume this podcast for free on all available platforms. Let's open up the conversation here now, Sarah. And obviously, Broncos countries, you're watching along, you're listening along. We always want to hear from you as well. What does the Broncos defense have to do better in this second matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs that they necessarily didn't do a great enough job of in that first matchup, which, you know what, for them to be able to hold Kansas City to one touchdown and obviously 30% on third down, that's impressive. But Denver could always play better in some of those regards. Yeah, they could, Cody. I think you obviously want to force Patrick Mahomes to make a number of mistakes, right? Which that's in the closest games the Broncos have had against the Chiefs in recent years. What do we maybe remember the most about those games? You remember uh, a game-changing interception or two by Justin Simmons, who has picked off Patrick Mahomes more than anybody else. Or remember the two interceptions that Josie Jewell had against him last season. You remember certain things like this, I think, defensively, where not necessarily that you want to be down by a bunch of points and then all of a sudden a turnover turns the game around for you. I think if the Broncos can you know, do what we talked about offensively, maybe get off to a hot start offensively even, I think seeing the defense really capitalize after that. you know, If you can capture offensive momentum, see the defense create a turnover after that fact. So then you're able to maybe kind of stack some points on top of each other because the Broncos don't want to be playing catch up against, you know, uh, you know, and, and I, I say that I know Patrick Mahomes loves catch up Cody, but it's, <laughs> it's the most disgusting thing uh, of all time. And that just totally, I threw myself off there, but you don't want to be playing catch up against Patrick Mahomes. You don't want to see a bunch of Taylor Swift cheering in the stands. You want to see her, you know, worried and nervous. So create those turnovers, oh. right? Get the get the picks off Patrick Mahomes. Uh, maybe force a fumble on Travis Kelsey. I don't know. Whatever they got to do, force some turnovers early on in this game. That's the biggest thing, right? But, you know, Kansas City was driving. You mentioned the Justin Simmons interception that he had there. I mean, Kareem had one that unfortunately got called back due to a pass interference. He, Mahomes this season, it's not just against Denver. And that's the thing I want to talk about is like Mahomes is playing kind of 
F it around, chuck it down there. Someone's down there. Travis Kelsey's down there. Let's go get it. But I, I think that's because he doesn't have a lot of trust in other guys at receiver, right? I think he's building out with Rasheed Rice, who had a couple of big catches in this game against Denver on Thursday night football. Short routes, too. We're talking a slant or a drag that he took because he's got a lot of speed there. He's very good at that. And obviously, Travis Kelsey had a very, very efficient outing against Denver, whether you play man, whether you play zone. And as we've learned over the couple, you know, last couple of weeks, it's come out that Travis never runs the route that's actually called inside the huddle there, which to me, I think is a little baffling. But I mean, that's just the type of chemistry that he and Patrick Mahomes have with one another. Patrick is so good at being able to read what Kelsey's going to do. And a lot of it is coming pre-snap. How is the defense lined up? Where is the coverage alignment toward Kelsey? And they just know like, hey, okay, if this guy's outside, we're going to go inside. If this guy's, you know, head up, I'm going to give a shimmy. Whatever way he goes, just anticipate I'll make the right move. Like that's how good they are in terms of their dynamic. But um, I think mitigating explosive shots downfield, you know, like I said, Kansas City didn't take too many shots in this game, but there's a new wrinkle into the Chiefs offense this week. And that is a former familiar friend of theirs. That is McCole Harbin, who they traded away to the New York Jets this offseason. They just traded back for it because they've been struggling. And obviously, they've got some injuries at wide receiver. They had Justin Ross had just gotten arrested. I'm not sure if that's going to impact his standing from a team or a league discipline standpoint. Uh, but McCole Harbin is a guy that they really value. And I think if there's balance there in the passing game, you have to watch out for McCole Hardman because, hey, let's not get it twisted. The reason they took McCole Hardman is because they thought initially Tyreek Hill was going to be suspended. And he's a guy that has the same speed type of capability, big explosive play like Tyreek in just a different way there. So for me, I think that's going to be big. I think Denver defensively, Sarah, they did a really good job in that first game of bowing the pocket around Patrick Mahomes. And we you didn't see him try to break off these big time runs. Now there are a couple of times he dipped up underneath or got outside quickly, but for the most part, he didn't hurt them with his legs as much as he has in years past and how he has hurt other teams this season. Against the Chargers this past week, they had a third and 15. You know what he did? Outside, bam, first down. We've seen him do this so many times. I thought Denver with Nick Benito, Jonathan Cooper did a good job in that first matchup. Ronnie Perkins had a solid game, but now you add Baron Browning into the mix a little bit and Guess what? DJ Jones did not play in that first game. He's back this week. So I think that's a good benefit for Denver and what they have going forward because they started this past week against Green Bay. Zach Allen, Mike Purcell, DJ Jones. I like that. I like that too, Cody. I really do. And I think those guys can help the Broncos do something that I think they need to do better this time around. Hey, if it was a pretty good defensive outing, let's just be honest about it. Last time they played Kansas City. But one thing that they can do is maybe not let them pass the 50 as many times, like we've mentioned many times at this point on this show. And if you've never heard it, I mean, four of 13, the last time they played Kansas City, the Broncos held them on third downs, one of five in the red zone. But what does that also mean? It also means that they moved the ball pretty decent before that. They were able to get into field goal range. It's the classic bend but don't break style of defense. And the Broncos were able to get off the field pretty consistently, but maybe do it a little bit sooner now and get keep them on the other side, keep them on their own side of the 50, at least a couple times more, get off the field a little bit quicker. That helps you, you know, you want to dominate on the ground offensively. You want to win time of possession battle. You got to get the ball back to your offense. So maybe that's an area where the Broncos, I mean, I don't know if they necessarily try to be more aggressive. We know Mahomes and, and Kelsey, they're both very, very good against the blitz, but now maybe you might be able with Baron Browning back in the fold, DJ Jones back in the fold, might be able to get home with four a little bit more often. I think another thing to watch too without Kareem in this game, how does PJ Locke step into that role? And, you know, can he, can he be a guy that maybe is a wild card, right? Because this is, he doesn't have much starting experience here in the NFL, but obviously he made a big play this past week. 
He's a very, very smart player. He's been waiting in the wings. Could P.J. Locke potentially be a wild card that the Broncos haven't had a safety here so far opposite of Justin Simmons. I think that's another interesting storyline to watch Broncos country. Let us know down below. If you're watching on YouTube or you can interact with us on social media at Cody work NFL at Sarah Bettinger at lockdown Broncos. Let us know your thoughts on what you think the Broncos defense has to do a better job of in this second matchup here against Kansas city on Sunday here, but Broncos country that'll wrap up today's episode of the show. Tomorrow's lockdown Broncos. You're going to hear from Sarah Bettinger as he sits down once again with lockdown chiefs, co-host Chris Clark, as they preview Sunday's matchup. We get that on crossover Thursday here on the lockdown podcast network. We'll see you then.